This is the Daniel Alonzo Wealth on the Beach podcast. I'm a 20-year entrepreneur, investor, and business coach. I've spoken in front of over 300,000 people and been featured in Success Magazine. I became a millionaire at 24. I saved a million dollars in cash by age 28. And I am going to personally help you get totally, absolutely financially independent by creating massive passive income. Join me now. So welcome to Wealth on the Beach podcast. My name is Daniel Alonzo and I am your host. Again, uh, we, we are uh, at episode number 56 right now. And I can't tell you how excited I am. Um, I, of course, I put out all these polls on my Instagram and I asked people, who do you want me to have on, you know, as a guest uh, on the podcast? And we just got an overwhelming response for uh, this next guest. His name is Joe Ward. Uh, he's a great husband, great father, great businessman, uh, million dollar plus earner. 25 regional vice president locations and 850 licensed. This guy is absolutely killed it in, uh, in his company and has done some amazing, amazing things. Not only has transformed his own life, but transformed the lives of his family, uh, his wife and his, his wonderful, wonderful kids. And, uh, and of course, uh, Twix and Snickers, that's the pets. <laughs> So uh, that's right. Who who came up with that name, Joe? You know what? Joe. Yeah, that's awesome, Uh, uh, Daniel. We're excited about to uh, to share with your listeners and and uh, you know try to help people in any way we can. You know, in terms of moving their business and moving their overall life. I I wish I could take credit for the unique uh, names, but when we got the puppies uh, from a a breeder, we actually we actually flew to Pennsylvania from Chicago. Uh, to go to a breeder there because we have Shiba Inus and uh, and then we drove back because we couldn't fly with those dogs uh, but uh, they were already named and we, we loved it so it was uh, so it was great I love it I love it. and so so you you have three kids Maxwell Malia and Mary is that right Mari Mari, Mari. okay yep. Mari and uh, of course your your wife Melissa 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 yeah, and uh, and so so where where did you guys meet? How, how did that all come about? We actually well we actually met in the business actually. Uh, uh, she was in another organization. Uh, you know how that goes in in Primerica. Uh, we're around Primericans all the time, and uh, we're doing the business. It's kind of a big part of our life, and so I guess love finds you. That's it. That's it. So, so, um, so tell me about, uh, Joe, I, I want to kind of go back a little bit and I want to hear a little bit about your story and right. how you grew up. You know, what was it like growing up in the Ward family? Okay. Well, um, well, I actually, you mean all the way like back to childhood? Yeah. Yeah. I want to oh, go okay. all well, the way back. Well, 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 I actually, um, you know, of course my business is predominantly in Chicago, but, um, I'm from Tennessee. So um, I grew up in Chattanooga, Tennessee. It's a, a, a city just right outside of Atlanta, really, um, about 30 minutes away from Atlanta. Uh, but I grew up in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, I was a, you know, I was a sports guy that was like really, really, really important to me. Um, I played basketball 
um, soccer predominantly, even ran a little cross country because the basketball coach made us do that. I actually did really well at cross country, though. Uh, but uh, so, you know, we were pretty much um, – we were the captain of every team we were ever on. Uh, you know, one of the things we talk about from a business perspective, uh, Daniel, is, is that there's no real surprises about who ends up winning in an industry like ours because you probably were winning somewhere else. So I, I was, a, you know, I was the captain of every team, uh, president of this, president of that, you know, all that kind of jazz. I ended up going to school at um, Austin Peay State University, which is in Clarksville, um, outside of Nashville, and, uh, you know, joined a fraternity there. That was a pretty uh, big part of my college experience. I was the president of my fraternity, um, all of that kind of jazz. Um, and uh, so we ended up graduating. I got a, um, I got a double major in psychology, sociology, my, my whole thought process. And of course, like a lot of people, I changed my major about three times. I went to, it's funny because I, I went to college saying I wanted to be a physical therapist. Like I'm going into school because I was a sports guy, right? Um, and I had, I had a horrific ACL uh, injury like my sophomore year or I probably would have gone on to pay. It's not even a problem. I would have gone on to play um, college soccer. I, I tore my ACL. So I got a lot of experience with physical therapists. And I was talking to my physical therapist, and they were kind of talking about, you know, what you could make and all that kind of stuff. I was like, oh, you can make six figures, you know, just kind of helping people with their injuries, and, and I could stay around sports. So I did. I thought that. And then I went to my freshman year. I had a class called Human Anatomy 1. Okay. And human anatomy one was hard as hell. <laughs> and I was like, um, I don't really know if this is for me. So I changed that a lot. But I, but, but as I was my last couple of years, I said, I want to be a lawyer. So right. my whole life, um, you know, from that point on, I said, I want to go to law school. Now, along the way, though, I started finding out that lawyers didn't make the type of money I thought they made. Now, I'm not talking about corporate lawyers. I'm not talking about, you know, uh, you know, high level uh, type of law. I'm talking about, you know, where you got to start. They're making 40 grand, 50 grand. You know, if you've ever had a speeding ticket or whatever, that's most lawyers with bad suits and bad shoes. Right. And right, so, right, right. so I was kind of open. I'm still thinking I'm going uh, the law route, but I was kind of open because I'd kind of been, you know, I knew very clearly that I was probably 10 years away from what I considered to be some real money. So a fraternity brother of mine actually ended up, um, you know, inviting me out to an op meeting. Um, and, and it was funny because uh, as a part of that story, it took him six months uh, to get me to come to the office. Uh, and he was saying all the wrong stuff, as, as people do, um, you know, giving me all the information, giving it to me um, in a way that it wasn't palatable. Uh, for me, but I, I eventually went on our relationship, which is what he should have said in the beginning. Um, and, and so in going to the op meeting, that was what the vice president, I sat down um, with the vice president because it wasn't a big op meeting. It was very few people there. Uh, and that's a, the craziest thing too. It's like three people at the op meeting. You know, you know how people. So, have, so, so Joe, you know, I, I want to kind of slow you down a little bit because we're going to get into some of that. But mm -hmm. I, I, I want to know a little bit about like, what did your parents do gr oh, growing up? Okay. You know, what did your parents oh, yeah, do? Yeah, yeah. What kind of kid were you? Were you a good kid? Were you a good kid growing up? I mean, uh, okay, I'll give you that in pieces. Um, let, let's say that. Okay, so um, I was actually adopted. Um, uh, I, I was a, a, an only child and I was adopted at three years old. I actually I was born in um, New York. That's an interesting story. My, um, my father adopted me from Tennessee 
uh, a kid in New York. It's the craziest thing in the world. I'll make that really short. But um, but so he was he had three things that he did. So he was a banker. That was his job, a uh, regular job. But he also um, taught driving education like three days a week after school at one of the local high schools. And he and my um, grandmother owned a florist. So that was a, a weekend thing, you know, like, you know, funerals and things like that. So uh, we, we had we had a florist shop, all that kind of jazz. So, I mean, I saw him work really hard. He had a lot of uh, you know, a, a lot of ways. And all of that was so um, I could go to private school. We lived in a great neighborhood. I grew up um, what would feel like upper middle class, but he was working really hard to keep all that together. So you, you kind of um, hit the, you kind of hit the adoptive parent lotto though. Yeah. Thank you. Well like, me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it sounds like kid. it worked out good for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you asked, was I a good kid? Um, I liked to, in my younger age, I liked to talk a lot. And again, these, all these things, you know, leave clues, right? I was very antsy, um, very communicative, wanted to make the kids laugh, all that kind of, I'm an only child as well. So this is my interaction. This is my playtime. Um, school was, because I didn't have anybody to do that with um, at home. So early childhood, before I really got into sports, I was always getting in trouble. Whatever little marks you're going to get on the board, I have plenty of those. Uh, but once I got sports to kind of get my energy out and, all that kind of jazz. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I was your typical regular kid. That's cool. That's cool. And so, so you know, fast forward all these years, you went to school, you went to college, and, uh, and you get out, and all of a sudden this guy comes and talks to you about this business. And so how did he approach you and kind of re-explain re a little bit of how he approached you, and you kind of said that, that, that he didn't really, he could have done it a better way. If, if mm -hmm. Maybe teach us something Well, I here. think it would be better, Daniel, like, it, but how, how the, my frat brother got to me, who got to him, who got to me. Okay. Um, and, and I think that is just tremendous because I'm always telling people um, in a business like ours or business period, nothing happens haphazardly. Um, I know it may, may not be, you know, all of your listeners or, or subscribers are believers uh, but for those who are, uh, everything that happens in our lives, is or, our lives are orchestrated, right? There is a plan that was set in motion for you before you were ever born. And if you ever were to chart back the, the, the small, integral details that if they had not happened, whatever happened for you positively would have never happened, you would know that it didn't just happen. Like, I don't believe in this word that people call luck. Like, you can call it, I, I would rather use the word a blessing, than luck. I don't really believe in the word luck. Uh, unless I win the lottery, and then I'm going to say I was extremely lucky. God is not involved. In <laughs> well, I mean, you were extremely blessed, too. So the lottery, <laughs> right, right. But the point is, so, so check this out. So the guy that, and I'll picture this. My frat brother, uh, I'll make this short. My frat brother was um, a manager at Blockbuster Video. I do this, like, in schools a lot, Daniel, to kind of get people to understand you know, how this thing can get going for him. So he was a, uh, uh, he was a manager at a blockbuster video. And so there was a, a, a part-time district leader um, that was a, 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 what his, he would consider himself to be a country music center singer. Now, remember I joined in Nashville. 
So he was a part-time country music singer. I always tell people he looked like the lead singer from um, Ariel uh, uh, Speedwagon. Remember them? <laughs> he yeah. had the kind of a curly fro thing, uh, which on Caucasians doesn't really look that cool. And he had a <laughs> bit of a, he had a big Seth Rogen type deal, you know? Oh, so man. he kind of had a little ducktail to go along with that. So he, I can picture him in the parking lot of that blockbuster video agonizing in his car about going to prospect. And so if he doesn't get out of that car and get the gumption up to go into that store with the purpose of prospecting, point number one, I'm not here. Okay, my organization's not here, right? right? So number two, he walks in and he says, like it's just like in the old movies where the um you know they, they would they would come into a planet and the aliens come in and the first thing they're gonna say is take me to your leader. leader. See, when we're prospecting, we're prospecting anybody when we should be saying, take me to your leader. So when he walked in, he said the first thing, now you know this, but your less listeners don't. Can I speak to your manager? Was what he said. So my frat brother was the manager. Now he could have talked to the guy that was putting the videos out on the shelf and nothing would have happened. Right. He said the manager, because the manager knows people like him, which was me. Right. Right. So, so, so he goes in, can I speak to your manager? That was point number two. He said the exact same thing, the right thing he should have said. Point number three was he said, are you keeping your options open to make additional income? That was it. I mean, we talked to our people about these very simple things to say, and he said that. And of course, I always tell people, if you ask Bill Gates, hey, you keep your options open, make additional income? I am. Hey, Oprah, you keeping your options open? Zuckerberg, you keeping your options open? Every single one of them going to say yes. Now, that's not saying they want to do business with you, but they are keeping their options open. It's a setup. So he said yes. So he actually gets involved. Then it was six months after that. He puts together his list. I'm on the list. He's saying all the wrong things. We're going to get rich selling life insurance. Well, no, I want to be a lawyer. I got a plan. <laughs> Ten years from now, I'm making two fifty dollars a year, which was my goal. My goal, if you had asked me, which the RVP did in that meeting, hey, what's your dream income? Two fifty. dollars Do that without hesitating, right? So $250,000 in Nashville, Tennessee, you're doing pretty good, right? right. And, so, and so finally, um, as opposed to, America talk or you know are the company you know all that talk right he finally you know pretty much kind of cursed me out uh, and put it on our relationship he really really did uh, he put it on our relationship all I've done for you and man we've been close like this and I've been here for you this I'll let you borrow some money and I'm like okay buddy fine I'll go I was really serious about coming to that meeting um, back then I was still playing basketball as if somebody was gonna sign me though I was 23 years old right so Okay, I will go to the meeting. There are two conditions. And I literally said this. I am not joining and I am not buying. But I will come to support you, which is all we're asking people to do. That's it. That's it. And that, and by the way, Joe, yeah, by the way, I mean, that's, that's the key right there is that sometimes if somebody just comes to support you, they don't even, like you think that that person making $100,000 a year, they would never be interested right. in what we're doing or joining you in business. But the truth is, is I don't, I don't really care whether they're interested or not. I just want them to come check it out. Let right. me get them in the room and let's let the, the leader take care of the, the rest. 100%. And that's what happened. 
uh, in the meeting. And, and, and just from our perspective, I saw pretty uh, a combination of two dra dramatic things. I can take that further if you'd like, but um, I saw the marriage of, of financial services and right. which I had never seen before. I didn't understand. I understood the two separate entities, but not them together. And right. that's the reason why I decided to join. Hey, let, let, me, let, me, let me change gears a little bit because I want to, because I'm, I'm actually really interested because you're, a, you're an educated dude. I mean, you're, you're a pretty smart guy. And obviously, you, you know, a lot of, lot of schooling you went through, okay? And because uh, I'm very interested, I'm, I'm real big on understanding uh, people's thoughts about education and about school. Tell me about your thoughts in today's world when it comes to education and, and schooling and, you know, the, the massive amounts of education that people are getting today. Yeah, I think, it, I think it's for some. Okay. Um, I think, I think it, it, depending on what your long-term career path is, um, you, you can't really avoid it if, for example, you're going to be a high-level mechanical engineer. Well, you're going to have to go to school for a long time, you see. But I believe that as a society, we have to get away from absolutes when it comes to it, meaning, um, well, everybody goes. Because now statistics and whatnot are showing us that if you do go and get a college degree, it's not going to guarantee you that you're going to make a, a substantial income increase because you have it. There's really a – I guess you would say, Daniel, there's a choice people have to make and you've got, there's two roads there. You go get experience or you go get a degree. And, and pretty much it's just kind of how are you wired, right? Um, you know, if, 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 uh, if you're a school person and school doesn't really bother you, great. You know, uh, then go ahead and go get your degree, whatever the case may be. But if you're ready to just go get money, it's probably better for you to go ahead and get in the marketplace. You can go get a degree later. I mean, right. that's literally the case now. What am I going to tell my children, <laughs> right? To me, I want my girls, because my son's already 21, and he's going the experience, work, chase your dream route, right? He's trying to do the music thing, right? But for my girls, which are eight and six, I want them to go to college, not for the degree, but for the life experience, Right. And I'm and I'm not going to pay a, a kajillion dollars for that to happen. Right. It, right. That makes sense. Like, right. like we're not going to Stanford for you to get the life experience. Right. We're going to go to a state school and you're going to, you know, go to class and learn how to get discipline and focus and all that kind of stuff. Social skills at a, at a higher level. But I can give a damn about the degree. You don't even have to finish, to be quite honest. The only right. reason you have to finish um, is to finish something you started. But if you find something uh, that, that, that lights your fire, then go ahead and drop out like Bill Gates or whoever the case may be. I love be. it. I love it. I love the way that you think, Joe. I mean, that is so well said, uh, what you just said. And, uh, and I hope people understand that. Look, I mean, I'm not anti-education. You know, I, I, I talk a lot about how I, don't, I never enjoyed school myself. Mm -hmm. uh, it was never fun for me. I never pursued it. I, I only reason why I went to college for the short time I did was to play sports. Once I hurt my knee, I was done with sports. I was done with college. I mean, simple as that. I've gotten the marketplace. I started making money 21 years old. By the time I was 28, I was financially independent. So that, what, that can be the story for a lot of people like me. 
And I get it. I, you know, my daughter, she'll probably end up going to college because she wants to play soccer. And she wants that experience to play soccer and sports. And now my son, he may or may not go. But, you know, whatever. Look, at the end of the day, man, let's treat people as human beings, you know, as, as individuals to say, like you said, you know, get rid of the absolutes. And let's, let's say, hey, look, is, this, is school right for this person? If it is, then let's do it. If it's not, then that's okay, too. I love that, Joe. Well, would, well you know said. what I would add hey. to that, too, Daniel, yep. is, and, and we don't say this a lot, but it's very valuable in the marketplace today to have a, a skill. Like everybody does, their mind doesn't work from a standpoint of some type of corporate job. Like, especially a lot of our middle-class children, a skill is tremendous today, right? And that don't require all this, this schooling, right? And, and, and you can make a great income, a great living, have a great lifestyle to go and pursue a skill, right? Exactly. Just like, you know, you know, the four years. Because what in four years of college, what skill did you develop? So you could develop in a trade school in a year or two right. years something that could pay you six figures for the rest of your life. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You it's, may not wear it's, a tie every day, but everybody doesn't want to wear a tie every day. So when you got in business, Joe, did you ever get criticized? Did anybody criticize you? Did anybody put you down? I mean, did anybody – did you have any haters back then? Tell us a little bit about that. Well, you know, I, I didn't. <laughs> and let me tell you why. I do understand that there are a lot of people that are going to experience that. But let me tell you why I didn't. Because we already explained that I was a leader. Right. So I had a lot of credibility with people that knew me. I was the, I, I was, I don't think we had this category in high school, but I really believe I'd have been one or two most likely to succeed. Now we did have best dress and I was that. Ah, love but, it. but 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 we didn't have a most likely to succeed as some other schools. And I, I really believe that, that I would have really been in the running for that. Uh, so I, I wasn't gonna get a lot of criticism. It was really I actually got a lot of support to be to be honest. Yeah. And, and yeah. I think there, are, and I think that just kind of depends on, you know, in business where it, uh, relationship marketing is a part of it. Um, it's all about how you came to the table, and that is going to be um, what you deal with, right? So, what is your, what has been your past credibility in other things? You know, the scripture says, "Let your yes be yes, and let your no be no." So, if if you weren't like that before business. Well, then they're going to deal with you in the same fashion in business. Now, what I would tell your listeners is, is that is that can really be overcome by you developing yourself and working on yourself and getting better. And I always tell people is you're not going to get like what we say, we say regional vice president, but whatever the level is, because I know your listeners do all kinds of different things. So whatever the level you're trying to attain in business, you're not going to get there with the people you know. So it doesn't matter anyway. The only thing that they can do is take you out mentally and sabotage your future success. See, it's going to be our reception is better with strangers than family. 
and friends. But I always say in our business, in the industry we're in, is that the only thing your families and friends can do is help you to get to your first couple of promotions by just kind of helping you out. They can't do any more for you. Your, your best friend is not going to be one of your top leaders in your organization. And I know there are examples in primary where that happens, but there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands where it didn't happen. So right. criticism is going to happen. There's going to be adversity you got to deal with in terms of, you know, friends and family. Just don't get sidetracked unless you want their life. I think you should listen to people whose life you want. Right. So if, you're, if you're dealing with it, you have, but that's the craziest thing. If you ever talk to somebody about, especially our industry and our, our company that has money, that is already successful, and they're going to tell you, makes sense, do it. Right. Your cousin living in their mama basement, scam. That's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, I mean, for, for me, I mean, I didn't have credibility growing up. You know, I was a bad kid. I was one of the bad boys. I got in a lot of trouble. I mean, me and the principal, man, we were best buddies, man. And so that was Daniel Alonzo. So when I got into business, nobody believed me. Nobody trusted me. So I took a lot of heat, man. I took a lot. And plus, I'm hanging out with all these, you know, probably people that, that maybe weren't going to be so successful. And so what happened is they were portraying their lack of confidence onto me versus if I would have been hanging out with people like you, you'd have been like, yeah, go for it, Daniel. Try it, man. You can do this. You got this. Just, you know, just study and work hard and be disciplined and get focused and do all the shit you have to do. And then you'll get to where you want to go. So yeah, what you're saying is right on, Joe. Tell me, I mean, did you have any struggles in the business? Tell me about well, some that's of the struggles. Story. Now, we, 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 started off, <clears throat> we started off with a lot of, of credibility and, and right. all of that kind of jazz. Uh, but yes, we had a tremendous amount of, of uh, obstacles we dealt with, you know, really going back uh, to the beginning. So we had a lot of credibility. So we, we moved to like, to, you know, to, uh, to our first couple of levels of, of promotion pretty quickly, um, you know, less than a couple of months. Um, you know, so we were moving pretty quick because we had a lot of credibility, but once we ran out of those people that we knew and we had not really been taught a referral system or a system that could perpetuate uh, that initial success, then I had to get into more of, the, I guess, what we consider the nasties and whatnot, and I wasn't very good at that uh, due to, you know, my lack of confidence and, and all of that kind of jazz. Um, so uh, we, we initially, um, it, it, well, let's give this part of the story that maybe some of your listeners don't know. Um, our, uh, in our industry with our company, um, regional vice president is the goal, you know, kind of like a broker in real estate, that sort of thing. Um, and, and that's kind of where, okay, you're moving in the right direction to really do something special. Well, it took me five years to get there. Right now, if you ask me, so, so what's the frame of reference? Well, somebody that says really focusing on it should get there maybe 18, 24 months. So it was double that time for me. But there were there was a, a lot of things going on there. I mean, we've had you know we've had uh, you know houses foreclosed on. Um, we've had cars repossessed. Um, you know we've had all of those sorts of things. We get to vice president. Um, my uh, first year um, as a vice president, I've had a couple of teams quit. Um, you know like actual you know you got 20, 30 people um, and, and those teams quit. And I was making eight ten thousand dollars a month. Uh, and I go down to 2,000, um, you know, we, we, uh, we lost a baby along the way, premature birth. The year we lost the, the baby, that was my 
first um, uh, marriage, um, and the, the year we lost the baby premature birth, um, you know, in our industry, life insurance, you know, we, we had a, a substantial uh, contract reduction uh, to where uh, instead of making my full compensation, um, I was making about half of that for an entire year. So I made, uh, that was my lowest year. I think that was 2003. That was my lowest year uh, income. That year I made $13,000. Wow. Yeah, I was an RVP wow. I made two thousand in a year. My office rent uh was eighteen hundred dollars a month. I made thirteen thousand. He said, Well wow. that doesn't that, that doesn't make sense. Well, I, I pretty much survived that year on um payday loans. Wow. Still field Hundred. training people, still working with them, doing all those things. So, so looking back, Joe, looking back, it What's what's something because look, you ain't the only one. All right. I mean, there's a lot of people right now that are going through. I mean, we, we just had a, a, a regional vice president last year came to me. I didn't have a, a, a big relationship with them. And they came to me. They were at twenty seven thousand in income. And this was last year in three hundred and sixty five days. They took their income to one hundred and twenty thousand. Awesome. But but I get what you're saying. I mean, when they came to us, this was like stress. This is a very stressful time. I mean, what, what would you say is one of the things or a couple of the things that maybe you should have done differently? Like, where did you mess up? Oh, yeah, that's really, that's really simple. Um, <clears throat> well, the first thing I would, I had this propensity over that period of time uh, to what we call going to management um, too soon. I was really, really good at getting 20, 30 people together. And, and, and now in retrospect, it was almost like a governor, you know, like on a car, uh, you, the governor is only, there's only so fast that you can push the car and it will, it'll stop you. Um, and so mentally I had that in place, like that was a team, like this is, this is something substantial because, you know, even, even at that time, obviously it pays you a whole lot more today, but but you know, 20, 20, 30 people back then would pay you about 10 grand, you know, eight to $10,000. I'm making that in override. Um, and so I was going into management and I would stop working. And, and so now I'm working with my people. You know, I'm not getting any new people. I'm not field training. I'm not doing all these various things. I'm not driving the car myself, right? And we know as, 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 as leaders now, well, that's just, it, eventually this is a disaster. You know, you're nowhere near big enough uh, for that to happen. So I would go into management uh, way too fast. Um, I, I, would, I would totally overestimate what I had. Like, so I, now this is ridiculous now, Daniel, at our level of knowledge, but I would look at this team of maybe 25 people, let's call it, and say, well, these three out of this group will be vice presidents, and then I will go to the next level. Well, that's <laughs> insane. Now, if I had if I had a hundred, I could look in and go these three, and I'm probably pretty uh, will be pretty sure that's going to happen. So I would overestimate. And what it would be is, I need you to be a vice president more than you actually are one. So I can't project that onto you. So that was mistakes that, that, that I was making. Um, did you ever, did you ever come, were you ever at that moment of like throwing in the towel though? I mean, okay, were you ever at that moment? I think that when you talk to 
a leader in business and ask them, did they ever think about quitting? And if that person says to you, they didn't holler bullshit real fast, <laughs> right? Of so you, so the, it did, it did pop in your mind. And, and so you say, well, why didn't I? And people have asked me that if I tell like the entire story and all the, you know, with the hair and the fangs and the teeth, you know, of the whole thing. Um, if I had, I tell people this very honestly, if I had somewhere else to go that was going to pay me what I believe what was kind of minimum wage in, in our company, if, if I applied myself, that number was my 250. I believe that I could get that 250. Right. If it, if I if I just hung in there and get it together, not half a million, a million. I, I didn't. I couldn't conceptualize that at that time. We would say it. We put it on gold cards, but I didn't really believe it. I didn't really even believe I could go over a million till I was at about five, six hundred thousand. That was just. I could kind of see it then. But the point is, is that along the way, if if somebody would have offered me that two hundred fifty thousand elsewhere, I'd have been out of here. But guess what? It wasn't nobody was gonna, and I knew no one was gonna do that. Look, State Farm or Allstate or Edward Jones wasn't about to call me and say, "Hey, we heard the great things you're doing with your company. We would love for you to come and run these three, four branches for us." And blah blah blah. They're not doing that. They're not doing that. And I knew it, so I had to, I had to kind of work it out. If that made sense. But if I had somewhere else to go, I promise you, I would have went. Hey, everybody, this is Wealth on the Beach podcast with Daniel Lonzo. I have special guest Joe Ward with us today. Multi, multi-millionaire in business uh, and cre created an, a, just an amazing financial services company and has transformed the lives of, uh, of just countless people. Uh, 25 locations today, uh, you know, numerous people making over 400,000, 500,000, $100,000 earners. Uh, really, really has helped a lot of people do better. And, and we're talking about the struggle. We're talking about business. And if you think that you're going to get out of business uh, unscathed, if you think that this thing is just going to be rainbows and sunshines, uh, you got another thing coming. Business is hard. Business is tough. Uh, but when you make it, it is so, so worth it. And so, look, Joe, what's it like? To make a million dollars a year, what's it like, man? Well, you know, I always tell people because everybody's concept of, of money is different. Uh, so what one person would say is impressive that that you do or could do with the money is not significant to another. So I'm, I'm, I'm always telling people that uh, the more money you make, it doesn't it doesn't have to be. Um, you know, per se a million. I mean, when, when I was doing all this struggle uh, that I was doing that we were just talking about, I mean, you were making a half a million dollars and had been making that for years and years and years and years and years. It, it's not really so much about a, a destination. It's, it's really about the choices uh, that you can make um, depending on what moves you. You know, I tell people one of the, one of the things that, that, uh, that, the couple of things that are uh, are exciting for me. Now, yet we're doing all that. You know, we we've got like a 1.5 million dollar home. We've got the the cars. We've got we travel all the time. We we do all that stuff. But but it's two thousand dollars a month for my eight year old and my six year old to go to private school. Right. And these are these are things that are important to me. Right. Both of them 
um, I put $1,000 a month into their 529 plans. When they're 25 years old, they'll have a half a million dollars a piece. Like, Love see, it. if I had a regular job, you know, but, but it, I wouldn't be able to do that. We, we, um, we're, we're, we're actually just in a kind of an undisclosed city right now that we're kind of looking at whether or not we're, we're going to do some expansion into. Um, but, and we're, we're here for three or four days uh, right now. We're just here just to feel it, right? Just to right, talk right. to people. And, but, but guess what? We booked this like Saturday. Yeah. Like, so we just flew to a city, got a hotel, you know, we're going to go out to eat, we're going to hang out, we're going to do the deal. Um, we'll, be in, um, we'll be in Aruba in a couple weeks. Three weeks after that, we'll be in Jamaica. Um, you know, three weeks after that, uh, we've got, uh, we'll be in the Bahamas. You know, it, it's just kind of like, um, these are things we can do. We're big, we're big concert goers. I'm a big music fan. So, I mean, we do all of that. We'll travel for a concert, you know, we'll, I, I was like, I was, this is, this is crazy now. I and mean, then we'll get back to your next question, but, but <laughs> talks about the options, right? So, so this is, this is, guy, this is band is named Bon Iver, right? But, but nonetheless, I really like this band and I'm gonna, I was gonna miss them in Chicago. And so I had to look around and, and, and see where, where else they're gonna be. I was within, I was within 30 minutes of booking this trip, right? And the point, because he was going to be in Montana. So I was going to fly to Montana. Can you imagine the flight from Chicago to Montana? <laughs> like, this isn't an easy flight, right? Straight flight as well, right? right? You go there, you stay, you watch a concert, you come back. I could have done it. Right. I had the money to do it. It was no big deal. Joe, well, why didn't you go to the concert? Then I started thinking as an African-American male going to Montana to go see <laughs> All by yourself. Huh? Yeah, I said, you know what? No. Wait a minute. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll think about it twice. But it is. Hey, it's, you know what? it's about the options. I, I want, yeah. And, and really, that's what it comes down to. And I think that that's what I want. Because really what we talk about on this podcast more than anything is really business and, and building massive passive residual income. I mean, that's, that really is the dream is to be free. And I think that that's what everybody has to realize is that your life as well as my life, we have different options. I mean, you make, you know, 80 plus thousand dollars a month, basically whether you get out of bed or not. And, right. and so, so you're in a situation where the money keeps coming, even though you don't necessarily have to be out writing sales. Right. And so now you can write sales and I'm sure you still do from time to time and you, and, and you're always looking for great people. So just FYI to everybody, if you're in the Chicago area and you're looking for somebody, uh, you know, to coach you, to mentor you, to take you under their wing there's no question in my mind, Joe Ward would help you and he would teach you and he would coach you. Uh, and, and so, but I think people don't realize how, what a dream it is. Cause look, there's a lot of people that make a million dollars a year. It's million dollars a year is not the special part. The special part is the million dollars a year without having to show up to an office every single day and a million dollars a year uh, where we get to keep most of our million dollars. If you're a corporate executive and you're making a million dollars, they're keeping, the government's keeping almost half of that. Correct. So we get to keep the majority because we're, we're business owners. So what do you think about that, Joe? Well, you know, 
the freedom side that that's why that that's why I'm here. That's why that's why I invested the time. You know, my my whole thought process. I never came here to be a salesman. Now I totally understood, uh, and this would be beneficial to some of your you know up and coming business leaders. You have to understand what season you are in, but you have to make preparation for the season you want to be in. So you got to know, okay, well, right now, this is a, my personal effort season, right? I've got to move the product because I've got a mortgage to pay and I've got a car note to pay and all of these various things. But in my day-to-day -day movements, though, I am preparing myself for the harvest of an organization that will allow me um, to not have to do that. So right. people misidentify what season they are in. But with that being said, that was always the goal. What I understood, and, and, and Daniel, you did this uh, exact same thing in building your business. I understood that I needed to recruit people, attract people into the business that I could train. The way I always saw it, if you could think of it visually, um, in our industry, we talk about going to people's kitchen table. We go to their house, we give them a presentation. So to me, the way I visualize this, and people should visualize it is, picture yourself, Daniel, you're at the kitchen table, you're sitting there doing a presentation. Now, what your goal should be is to do have someone with you. That's so key. Like when I tell you people, $100,000 earners in our company are out sitting down, people talking to them about an opportunity by themselves, and it's just insane, right? Okay, so if I've got a person with me, that means that I can take up one step back from the kitchen table because I'm going to leave that person in place. Then I go to another kitchen table, right? And I'm training another person, right? Then I can leave that person there and I can take another step back from the kitchen table. As I do that over a year or two years or three years, eventually I can't even see the kitchen table. Because the kitchen tables, here's the thing I tell people, the kitchen tables have to be done. They just don't necessarily have to be done by you. Somebody's got to do it. Now, we're going to have our season to where we are doing it, but we are doing it purposefully. I'm not doing it so this person buys a life insurance policy and gets an investment. If they do that, wonderful, and I'm going to do my best job to try to do that because I'm trying to train this person. But I don't really give a shit if you buy or not. I need to train this person so that I can move. I want to keep moving. I want to keep moving. I want to keep moving. And eventually, if I can get to a place, and today, uh, I, I consider this place I'm describing a thousand people, right? A thousand people. I'm not really saying a thousand code numbers. And I understand all the terminology and the way people think. But if I can have an event and a thousand people show up, then I ain't got to come nowhere near a kitchen table ever again for any reason. And I could change my cell phone number and it wouldn't affect my business one iota. See, that's the dream for me. I'm not going to change my cell phone number. But what I'm telling you is that's the thought process. And that's how I started the business, whether that is good times, bad times, I'm going. And you say, well, where are you at, Joe? Well, we can get about 400 people in a room right now. You know what I mean? In my organization, we can get about 400 people in a room. So I can't be like, oh, I'm not going to do Primerica anymore. I'm not looking for people. I'm not going to train anybody. Well, then that's, I can't change my cell phone number with 400 people. I change my cell phone number with 400 people. I'm going to be making 
20 grand. And, and I think this is, this is the, the challenge with so many people is they get out of the field way too early. They, yes. they and, and you said it yourself. I mean, we, we overestimate where we're really at. I mean, it's, it's mind boggling to me. Even there's regional leaders that think they're somewhere where they're not yet. And it's like, wait a minute, if you're not, if you don't got 30, 40 people showing up to a meeting and you're not pumping out, you know, 20 to $30,000 in production every month, you're really not ready to go to that next level. And so, no. and, and, but, but I think that, that ultimately what you just described was duplication. I talk a lot about process. I talk a lot about duplication and I talk a lot about selling the dream and the, and the vision. And what you described is the duplication part where everybody misses this. And this is why I believe Joe is our, our total focus is recruit, recruit, recruit. And yes, I want to recruit a million people. But what happens is if we're only focused on recruiting, we forget the duplication part because we're so focused on getting the next recruit. We forget to actually train the one that we got. Well, that, that, that's big, too, because I, I was listening um, to a, a Mike Tuttle disc the other day. Um, and I just got my hands on it at a fast star school. It was literally a CD, right? And he talked about the concept of why do people every month, month in and month out, do 20 by 20? Right. What'd you do six months ago? 20 by 20. What'd you do six months before that? 20 by 20. Okay, so help me understand. This is my total talking. So you just recruited 240 people and you're doing the same numbers. What that means is the person doesn't understand how to process people. Right. You see, like, I understand we should get more directs. I understand it. I got you. Um, I under, that's going to help hedge your bets in terms of the law of, of averages and the laws of large numbers. I understand. But what it's kind of like in, in the spiritual world, they call that being a good steward, a good steward over what God has blessed you with. Right. So if you just the previous month, you just recruited 20 people. I don't care who they are, market, out of the market. I, I don't care. How does that not become 40 people the next month? Right. Right. You have, obviously, you had to have some people to help you get the 20. And now right. you got 20 more hands on deck. And you came up with 20 more people. What that means is, is that you did not train. You did not take the time. Okay, here we go. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to put together a list. We're going to send out some text messages. We're going to make some calls together. We're going to invite some people to the op meeting. We're going to go see some people. Now, if that was happening with an individual's, a vice president's field trainer, with every single recruit, multiplication would occur. It would, it would have no choice of doing that. But what, okay, you've got three recruits here, but, but, and you're not really, you're not really working with them. You've told them some things to go do, and they're not going to go do those things. They're babies, they're babies, they're babies. See, brand new associates in our business are babies. So how long do you leave babies unattended? Not very long. I mean, not even five minutes. Like, no, not, not even five minutes do you do that. Like, when you first have a baby, you have a baby, and the baby's over in the little little crib that sits right by the bed. You're waking up every hour like, you okay? You okay? You put your hand, you all right? Right? But we don't do that with brand new associates. Oh, and that's man. why they never grow up to be adults. 
Unbelievable. Great stuff, man. I swear we could do this all day long, Joe. This was an incredible, incredible uh, podcast and so much value, so many little nuggets, man. We can't get out of the field so early. We got to make sure that we, that we recruit the right people. We got to make sure that we go find leaders. This is what I got out of today. We got to go find some leaders. We got to go find some people that have the centers of influence. Uh, and, uh, and ultimately, uh, we have to duplicate ourselves with other people and understand where we're really at. I always like to ask a couple of last uh, questions, just real quick. First thing that pops in your mind, favorite book? Mind Power by um, John Kehoe. Favorite movie? Unusual Suspects. Okay. <laughs> uh, favorite food? Something that's Asian. Ice cream or cake? Cake. And, uh, and, and the last thing is, uh, do you have a favorite comedian? Oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> uh, um, Dave Chappelle. All right. All right. Hey, uh, all I know is if you are in the Chicago area, all of you, please uh, go find Joseph Ward. Can you give us a place that we can find you either on Instagram or phone number yep. or whatever? Yeah, yep. yep. my, um, my, my Instagram is Joe Ward PFS 84. My Instagram is Joe Ward PFS 84. Um, and, uh, you know, you can, you can, you can, you can find me pretty Googled on, a, on, you know, regular contact information and all that kind of all right. Awesome. And, and, and look, I'm asking everybody to do me a huge, huge favor. You've just listened to this podcast. We are bringing massive value to you. The only thing I ask for you from you is to share this podcast. Follow me on Instagram, follow Joe on Instagram. We're still, just want to remind everybody, we're still signing people up every day for our Wealth on the Beach Club. It's one hour with me every single Wednesday morning, 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Lessons and Q&A. Uh, check out the, the, our website, alonzoacademy.com, for more details. And as always, please subscribe to my YouTube channel for lots and lots of free content. I want you all to dream bigger than ever but make sure that you do it now. God bless. See you at the top.